What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Look Mum, I'm Hustling. It looks like you're dressed up for an episode of Play School today. I know. I just, <laughs> I just realized looking at my shirt, it's very much kind of like I'm about to get some dolls, maybe do some like arts and crafts, maybe like some paper mache. Kindergarten you know? arts yeah. and craft class. Yeah, the glasses probably don't help as well. I usually get called um, like I have like librarian fashion sometimes because I wear what? like. Oh, we could. I just thought of the perfect hashtag to just start on TikTok. What? Live vibe. Live vibe. If you're a librarian yeah. and you've got a vibe. And I do have a live, vibe. Live vibe. Yeah. Well, there is like on TikTok, like the, Write or even down. Instagram, um, write it down before you forget. Because <laughs> even on um, Instagram, like the get ready with me. So like they'll have like preschool teachers, like there's like a whole like art teacher sort of realm of just them wearing like colorful, bright, like yeah. clothes and stuff. But I do like to wear a bit of color and I usually like to wear like alternating patterns. And Drew's like, why are you wearing polka dots with stripes? Because like, it's fun. If it's on the same shirt like that, doesn't matter. But when yeah. you're when you're clashing different garments that have different patterns, mm-hmm. I've seen enough queer guy for a straight eye to know yeah. my way around a wardrobe. Gotcha. Yeah, it's also like a little bit Barbie vibes as well. I think it is. Like the colors. Yeah, well, I got a bit of pinkish tone on my on my jacket you as do well. A bit of spot of color. Some recent pickups for the biz this week. Yeah, some nice colorful shirts and stuff. They, they do say don't get high on your own supply, and we do that a lot. Yes, we do. Drew was actually helping, not helping you always help, but you're putting away the washing. And you're like, you have a lot of shirts, and like, yeah, I need to do another cull. Like, I've I got too many. A, probably forty shirts for you. <laughs> not forty. Filled up half of that <laughs> square that cube in your in your wardrobe. So yeah. you got at least 70, 80 t-shirts. Yep. None of which are terribly expensive. I wouldn't say 80. There's probably there's probably actually like 50 there. Okay. Uh, let's okay. yeah, let's meet halfway and go like 65. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 the like it's like a good thing and a bad thing. Like we're surrounded by clothes constantly because of the business. So then being able to find stuff for ourselves, which is pretty good, like be able to find these some nice unique random things, but also mm-hmm. Your wardrobe can build up very fast. It can. Very, very fast. And, like, I just remember back in the day, back in the day when I used to go shopping and stuff all the time, would be, like, cotton on and, like, dotty and all those kind of – actually, not dotty because I couldn't even afford it. It was, like, cotton on and SES were, like, the two sort of, like, cheapest, like, clothing I could afford. And now I get the better brands. Now you just laugh at – you just mock the people that have to go to those stores now. I don't mock them, (laughs) but I'm just, like, it's just – just go – Op shopping, just go to the op shops, just go to thrift stores, wherever it is, secondhand clothing. And like all the clothes are in really, really good condition. You can find some like such good items for like a fraction of the price. Like it helps the environment, all that kind of stuff. But yes, I've been very greedy with clothes lately. (laughs) Got to do a big cull. Well, you do have heaps, but not all of them do have that live vibe. They're kind of just, most of them are just normal. Yeah, like skate, like it's almost. Uh, I still, I still have like an email girl. with yeah, skater girl. Like it's almost like it's like a rockabilly librarian vibe that I can tend to go for sometimes. But it's just mainly because of the glasses, and then just because like I like to wear cardigans and sweaters and stuff. Right, so just like a Daria character, basically. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's me. <laughs> that show, that show was um, popping back in the day. It was. Dara. actually dressed up as Daria once for like a Halloween thing. Yeah, I if I still got that. a photo, we'll pop it up on, on screen. <laughs> you have a photo, a photo around you? I, I've, got, I've got it somewhere. Yeah, as Daria. Um, and my friend was Jane because she was really tall. Which one was well. Jane the sister? No, Jane was the best friend with the black hair and the red jacket. I can't remember. Like Daria's got like the army green jacket, glasses, like brown brown hair, brown bob. And then Jane's like the artsy best friend and like her brother's Trent who she like has a crush on. 
Didn't she have a sister? She does have a sister, like Brittany with the blonde hair. The sister was like preppy. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, now I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm, interesting show. I used to love Daria. And it took ages to come to Australia because I remember they, they were having trouble getting the music because it had a really good soundtrack. Like it was very much like a 90s, 2000s sort of grungy sort of style soundtrack. started in 97. Mm. That was pinnacle cartoon. Like King of the Hill was massive. Like Beavis and Butthead Beavis time. And all coming off the, I guess, the success of MTV and, yeah, Beavis and Butthead was pretty universal. Ren and Stimpy, that kind of stuff. Ren and Stimpy, yep. Mm-hmm. Never used to like those ones, but yeah, like Dario was the one I liked and then- Because it ended up on ABC, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of, what's the, what's the sad dog one called? Sad Rocco's dog. Modern Life. Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. Like he was Well, like, yeah, he's a bit of a, a, a downer, but then yeah. his buddy, the turtle, what's the turtle's name? I can't he's always remember. He's an, always anxious. Yeah. And then like had a- Someone was always super happy and stuff. Well, anyway, this, those- this ties in actually perfectly to like one of my articles. Oh, really? Not even in, <laughs> in no way intended. Well, there we go. You can bring this up if you All like. Right. Some news about talking about cartoons from back in the day. Arthur. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to love Arthur. And he had what? What kind of animal was Arthur? Like a. He was an aardvark, wasn't he? Must have been because his best friend was like the rabbit dude. Buster. Buster. Yeah. What animal was Arthur? I'm sure he's an aardvark. Okay, yeah. He's an anthropomorphic aardvark who's eight years old. Well, there you go. Um, Arthur's technically slightly cancelled. Oh, in, what? In some, uh, some, I guess, really, it's more so like religious groups. Right. What did, what did they do now? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, everyone gets, I mean, I still don't know why um, Dr. Zeus got cancelled a couple of years ago. What happened um, there? I th- but it's just, some, it's all to do with some. It's like racist undertones, I think, oh, from that's memory. Racism. This yes. is uh, more. Teaching kids about sex ed or like sexual right. intimacy and things like that. No, I think it was like it was like prejudice and like racism and stuff in, and okay. like slavery and stuff. I think in there. Okay. Yeah. But some of the some of the stories are still okay. Like I think some Gr- of the st- Grinch is still passable because it because it's, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that one's still fine. But there's a Green whole bunch of ham. Please I, don't. No, I don't think that one's okay, okay. anymore. Yeah. It's not. I don't think so. Green eggs and ham. It's the only book I ever had. I don't. I never really paid too much attention. It's just like it's not good for you now. Apparently, I don't know. It's just yeah. Just add it to your your black notebook of notebook of things, new things that are banned mm-hmm. that you have no control over. Uh, so this is from independent.co.uk. A 1989 title in the Arthur book series. So it's not even the the TV series. Oh, I didn't even know it was originally based on books. So uh, one of the books from the book series is facing a potential ban in Florida after a conservative activist filed a complaint to its child's school district. Probably oh, the same. As, oh, hold on a second. The same group as the other one. <laughs> is, is this the, is Florida the one that had the da- David statue controversy as well? It could be. <laughs> hold on a be, second. It could just be one of these churches that they're like, oh, we noticed the power of um, social media and the attention you can get. Maybe we can just get the headlines every month by... Having some uproar about some cartoon or historic thing. In the- Could you imagine if it was like the same school, like the same religious group, and we're like, ah, oh, we don't like this. They're just awesome at marketing. Yeah. Um, so it says, filing published by Daily Beast, it has revealed that Bruce Friedman, a member of the Clay County School District community, so I guess we could cross-reference that if we wanted to, filed a challenge. <laughs> <We probably won't. laughs> 
second one, sorry. <laughs> to do for next episode. <laughs> um, filed a challenge to Brown's book, Arthur's Birthday, on 12th of July due to its inclusion of the game Spin the Bottle. Oh, this is so dumb. Did you, ever, did you ever play Spin the Bottle growing up? I did, actually. Um, was, was it a make-out in front of the group or in, like, a closet? No, it was in front of the group. It was in high school at, like, one of the parties. Yeah, I think it was in high school, not primary school, though. I wasn't very no, popular. No, no good story. No, I know. I was just trying the to think. Cause, like, definitely well. not in primary school because I was just trying to think back and I was like, I was not popular at all and I had, like, two friends in primary school and then high school was an all-girls school, so it wasn't until, like, the later half, like year nine and onwards when, you know, we were starting to have parties and mixing in with boys and stuff and someone was doing spin the bottle, but I don't think it ever landed on me. I don't remember kissing a random boy. Fair enough. Hmm. What about you? I don't remember playing it. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. It's very American. It's very American. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, it makes its way here through things like American Pie or whatever. Now, a slip and slide at an Aussie party, that goes off. Does it? Yeah. You need a heel, though. Not everyone has a heel at their disposal. No, you can just have the flat and you just have to put, like, the dishwasher She's liquid and stuff speed. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More of a run-up. Yeah. Um, so, in his report, Friedman wrote, it is not appropriate to, to discuss spin the bottle with elementary school children. Um, in a section of the form, he said the material might damage souls. Oh, okay. So kind of extreme. Yeah. Um, this is one book amongst 45 challenge titles that are now pending oversight from a committee. Uh, the entire book is about being inclusive of all friends and not only inviting boys and girls based on their gender to your birthday party. Hmm. Um, so that I guess the defense is we want to, like, you guys are trying to cancel it for having the term spin the bottle and we're saying it's okay because it's, Getting boys and girls to hang out together. <laughs> what is this garbage? Oh, man. And then there's a list, there's a full spreadsheet of things that are cancelled. And there's a right. lot of them are just random, like Vampire Academy number five, number four, number six. So the so whole Vampire like, Academy but series. But they're just like D-grade books that no one cares about. Well, but they've gone to the great length of making a full spreadsheet of everything that deserves cancellation. But it's... I mean, saying apparently it doesn't even show the game spin the bottle or anything. It just mentions it in word As form. As a thing, yeah. And then that's it. But it's not like you're explaining it to kids. No. Does Arthur have an older brother? Who has an older brother? Because, like, it would have been, like, if you have older siblings, you're going to learn about this stuff anyway. It's only, like, well, the... Yeah, you're not going to learn about it. And then the, the kids that don't have any siblings are going to learn it from the kids at school that do have siblings. Like, I feel like one of no, them... I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe... he had his little sister. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Bunny, bunny. I mean, look at all their faces, though. The horrible game. <laughs> Spin the bottle with these with these characters. Such a such a bizarre show, man. So, yeah, they're cancelling all these books. Gossip Girl, XOXO. Okay. And I understand if there's like there's a fine line, right? There's you can't just have a blanket ban on things like like this that says "Spin the bottle." Mm-hmm. I can see it from, as bad as it sounds, from a religious perspective, being like, okay, let's ban it because we just want to be strict with everything. We let this pass. What else are we going to let through? But it's obviously the common sense side of things is like, why are you banning it? If there's no visual Mm -hmm. reference to what the game actually is, 
I mean, it's just words. It's just a game. It's just a couple of words. It's just a game. What are they going to do, ban Twister, which is probably even worse? What's like, wrong with Twister? Well, like, imagine a whole bunch of kids playing it and then, you know, your right foot here and left foot there and your arm, like, around the other way and then all of a sudden you're touching someone's penis. Like, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that seems even more, like, this erotic. This blue dot right on his crotch. She's yeah, like, yeah. Like, left well, like, hand blue and you're just like, well, there's only one blue yeah. left. Or your head could end like, up near someone's bum. Like, it happens. Like, it's it's one of those ones where, like, how can you control it? Like, it's just... It's, so you're, you're, you're predicting they're going to... Ban Twister at some point. Well, if they're saying like kiss the bottle, kiss the bottle, spin the bottle's bad, then like what what else is next? Like spin the bottle is like just harmless. It's like you could do a peck on the cheek. Like it's it could be a whole different game of spin the bottle rather than spinning clockwise, anti clockwise. What do you could just spin it on the spot like, like a, a wheel, spinner. like a wheel? Yeah, yeah. And they're just and there's probably like some <laughs> board game company out there that's made like a spin the bottle kind of like pretend bottle and you just like press a button and it spins it or whatever it is. Oh, that's a smart idea. And I'm pretty sure I so think I remember even, you don't even need to buy bottles. No. And I'm pretty sure like there would be you just buy the forty dollar board game. There'd be an app or something on your phone where you can like it have a spin True. the bottle as well. Like uh, just, that would have been yeah, that would have been developed in the first six months of Apps being a hundred percent. It was like you know the fake beer one. You drink the glug glug yeah. and the yeah. fake beer and stuff. I so. wrote a blog about this and the initial skateboarding game. Yeah, and the trash throw. Mm-hmm. And you know you throw the trash across the cubicle and be different fans and things. I, was it a trash or was it a paper airplane? I, think I feel it was like trash. paper airplane. No, okay, I don't know. But yeah, spin the bottle. You just hold it in or tap yeah. it. Tap it and it spins randomly, like the random number generator. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, board game ideas out the window then. Mm. Why would you put, yeah, $1.99 app. <laughs> Spin the bottle. And you just, some kid just hacks it. So he's like, always sits at, from like where the, the girl he wants to make out is at 12 mm. o'clock all the time and he sits down first and then puts his little code into his app. Yeah. i got the app, guys. And then he plays it and he always gets the girl. <laughs> that's genius. That's that's genius um, move. a new new age movie of just like using tech or AI to win the girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be a movie soon. Probably. But like with- well, Coming our- of age movie and then, yeah, to get the girl who needs AI to, to help. pull all the right moves. Because yeah. normally, I mean, we've learned about storytelling and stuff in the past. And there's always a guide that shows you, that's been through the, um, been, been through a similar journey or a war or whatever that has mm-hmm. all the experience to pass on to the protagonist, right? Yeah. So, so- in, in this movie, now that we're developing in real time- mm-hmm. The AI is the big brother of the guide, and you yeah. just use the AI. The big brother, to, like, the best friend, the, the to, sidekick, how to, how to, wingman. Know, get a wingman. Smart movie idea. Yeah. Just start writing it. Wingman, but the like an AI. <laughs> AI the wingman. AI the wingman. Yeah. Pretty. It need a better name though. It does need a better name, <laughs> but I could I could see I could see that working because it just wingman. be. Because you know the movie Her with like Joaquin Phoenix, where he's got like another yeah, phone and stuff, but then sixteen year old. Mm-hmm. That has just a single child. Single child, maybe single parent, kind of like it's just his mom or something like that. Yeah, homeschooled. Yeah. Ooh. He's got no one. He's got no one in the town that's, no. that knows him. He doesn't know any of the, the, the sexual birds and the bees stuff. But he has like a nerdy next door neighbor that does go to school and they've been like, they've just lived next to each other for such a long time. And the nerd that- picks up heaps, but he's like a jock. Yeah. That's, that's 
reverse the roles. Yeah, but they've been like friends since childhood. So he drags them to parties and stuff. And he's just like this weird guy that like can't really talk to anybody because he has like social things. But the jock friend. No, the the jock is the jock's the guy that can't get to girl. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Because it's always the nerd guy that's trying to get the girl. What about the nerd guy lives next door? He's a genius. He picks up heaps of chicks. Yeah. And he's the one. That develops the AI for the job <gasps> to guy. help, yeah, because everyone thinks. That but he- then he thinks, "Oh, AI has helped me," but the whole time it's his next door neighbor, and he just wants to be his friend. Great, great story. Beautiful. All right. You know, Hollywood. At the end, you're like, AI, you've been amazing the whole time. And then the dude next door is like, actually, it was me next door. Oh, so, so it's almost got like a catfishing element in there as well. <laughs> catfishing best friend. <laughs> we should give him that pronto. We should end the pod right now and just. To develop that one. Yeah. Yeah. We use Discord. Not Discord. We use Midjourney. We've got to get some mock-up images going. (laughs) Get a storyboard. You know, copy AI, help us write it. Done. So it's not only is a movie that includes AI, but a pretend AI, but it's actually written with the support. So many layers. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. That's us, you know. It's what all happens when there's a writer's and actor strike. We've got to, you know, use something else. I like it. Yeah. It's almost like a big astronaut idea all over again. This is better. Yeah. You like this one? You can relate to more people. There's only so many beagle owners that want to, that care about beagles. But everybody needs an AI best friend to help pick up chicks. Well, yeah. Or well, 50% <laughs> of the population is a teenage male yeah. at some point. Or, or, or guys, whatever, whatever floats your boat. So... Um, coming back to the book. Oh, but- <laughs> yeah. Arthur, yeah. Like, Arthur... As I remember, like, I've never read the books, but the TV show was always kind of, like, educational. Like, there would be some sort of, like, meaningful lesson to learn at the end. It was very much, like, anti-racism and, like, anti-kind of, like, judging people and, you know, always trying to help out his younger sister, always trying to help out his family, even though he didn't want to. There was always, like, wholesome themes involved from what I remember. So, like, the fact that the books are getting banned when they're just overall, like, a wholesome show compared to watching, I don't know, something like Cat Dog or whatever it is. Like, don't you think Arthur would be a better watch than something like that? Well, there's 25 seasons. Oh, my gosh. And you actually go into the moral of each story. So, we can get into the deeper meaningfuls here. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said there's, like, actually morals. Oh, see, see, Arthur's so two morals. Arthur learns that it's okay to be different. He also learns not to care about what others think of him. Very important morals or lessons to learn. Interesting. Ooh. So I'm just drinking my collection of drinks that I have here at the moment. Your collection of drink. Your yeah. collection of yeah, H2O so molecules. Yeah. I've got like a beetroot one, I've got a coffee, and then I've got a water over there as well. Very privileged, aren't you? I am. Thank you. Thank you for looking after me. <laughs> Um, two morals from Arthur the Wrecker. Arthur learns to be respectful of other people's property. Very important. Mm-hmm. He also learns to tell the truth as well as listening to his parents when they tell him not to do something. Mm. So compliance Ooh, is scroll key. Scroll up a tiny bit. Arthur bounces back. That's a good one. Where was it? Um, Arthur learns not to get carried away with his wants. He also learns the value of honesty. These are all pretty basic. Mm-hmm. What other morals are there? what are the morals are there what other ones do we need to learn Uh, so it's something something like this that's teaching you like pretty decent stuff and then gets banned it's just they all do right but in saying that yeah like what's cat dog teaching you i know don't parents don't have the top of the half like it's okay to have split personalities i guess so it's okay to be different (laughs) it's okay to have a different animal on the other half of your body like a mermaid mm-hmm. well it's like 
Was it Cat Dog and then Oh Cow and Chicken? They were like both the two kind of like similar shows. So random. I mean, it is promoting diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he said that with a straight face. Diversity. I can't. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> don't be banning Arthur. No. Spin the bottle. I I understand that, but it is going to become a joke. Yeah. I understand if these this list of seven hundred books or whatever it is, if they've got like very descriptive paragraphs of kids making out or that sort of thing. That's a bit different to spin the bottle on a book. Just probably referenced. doesn't even have it's probably not even illustrated. No. And if it is, mm-hmm. you've got one illustration for a whole page of text. Yeah. So you're not it's not like you're getting a frame to frame animation where they're showing the bottle being spun. No. Unless you have like a super detailed breakdown of like what the game is, then no. Yeah, at the back. <laughs> yeah, like there's a little asterisk a next link. to it and be like, get to the end of the book. Just a YouTube link. Yeah, YouTube how to. <laughs> so, you know what? 100% there'll be a YouTube video out there on how to play spin the bottle. There would be. Yeah. There's a, there's a how to video on everything. I don't think there is. There would be. What about something that doesn't exist yet? And then there has to be a how to have had to fix that thing. Well, obviously not because we don't know it exists yet. So how can you make on something that doesn't exist? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The powerful paradoxes of life. I found this tweet thread yesterday. Very important stuff. That I think we all think about on a regular basis, but it kind of is easy to forget, but important things to remember. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of them. We can maybe just discuss a small handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Sahil Bloom. Very, I mean, he's got a, a million followers on Twitter or X now. Did we touch on this last week? If um, we didn't touch on it last week, X is now Twitter is now X. We um we just talked about Tiki like, Tech for an hour. Yeah, I think it was. And then we're like, in the last literally three minutes, we we're like, oh, the headlines were <laughs> just went through quickly. Um, but I, I do have an article on what the CEO wrote about the name change. If you wanted to go for a little bit further later on, but yeah, I've got it in there. All right, so let's get into some powerful paradoxes of P-p-powerful. life. What powerful? P- 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 powerful, yeah. Paradoxes, yeah. <laughs> alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. I like alliteration. Like yeah, I do. Yeah. A little alliteration or a alliteration? I like a lot of alliteration. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're a little bit weird today. <laughs> the most powerful paradoxes of life. You tell me if you resonate with any of these. Okay. There's like 20. I'm not going to go through all of them. We'll okay. go through a few. Go for I think it. they're important things. All right, power run. Speed run. Power on and through the powerful paradox. Paragraphs? Par- yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Number one, the productivity paradox. Work longer, get less done. Parkinson's law says that work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So whatever time you give a task, that task is going to fill up that entire time. If you tell you tell yourself, uh, I need to, the washing is going to take me 45 minutes, it'll take you all 45 minutes. But in fact... I reckon you can get it done in 23 minutes, and you probably can, but you just have, you've just expanded the, the time it takes to do the task beyond the scope of what it actually requires. Yeah, we've actually talked about this before, and 100% I can, I fail, like not fail, but like I do this so often. I'll be like, I've got myself an hour for this, and it takes me a little bit longer than that. Like it's one of those ones where it's like, all right, I have to do this in like 15 minutes and then you like, you power through it and try and get it done. So yeah, the the, town, the time that you give yourself is the time that you're going to take. So 
And I know you are one of those people that works great, like under pressure with a deadline. Like as soon as you have that deadline, you're like, you smash it out really quick. Yeah. It's very important. It's just, I think we can, it's very easy to overestimate and underestimate how long things take. If it's something, if you're doing something for the first time and I mean, you do this all the time and I, I have to stop and say, like, we have to consider this guessing game of how long this task is going to take is even remotely close to being mm-hmm. possible on its first time. Yeah. So I'm always saying just double what the expected time length is going to be, unless it's something like a task that is completed regularly mm-hmm. and repeated regularly in which you know you, it doesn't take as long. It's kind of about getting data and knowing how long things take. No, 100%. And I very much underestimate how long things take. Drew's thankfully always reminded me, be like, come on, is it really going to take that long? And I'm just trying to break it down in my head. And like my concept of time, for some reason, is just not the best. Like I always over or under allocate. So, hmm. A lot of that, I think, can come down to just com- like it's just confidence to. Might not be confident in the task itself, but confident to know you can do it in a faster amount of time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if you're not confident about it, of course, you're going to be like, oh, I need an extra two hours to do this one hour thing because I haven't done it before. So therefore, I've got no confidence or competence around it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm giving myself this huge buffer to allow myself to get it done as opposed to just saying I've, I've started from zero from a bunch of different projects and things before. Mm-hmm. I know I eventually get going and get the job done. I'm just being a bit too lenient with myself now. That's the way I think about it. It kind mm. of comes from the the, um, the confidence aspect of doing things. No, it doesn't I- mean you're going to do them great. It just means I'm confident in my previous abilities from a bunch of random things in the past that it's not going to take me three hours. I'm going to work my ass off to get it done in one hour, for example. I'd agree with that because, yeah, with the lack of confidence, you would double-check yourself, you'd backtrack, yeah, yeah you'd do all those kind of things. Number two, let me open up this thready-poo, poo <laughs> what do they call them now? X-threads? X-threads? X-threads. X-threads. X. X. X I have no idea. give it to you. X going to eat what? Someone was saying like X marks the spot, like it's whatever you want to call it. Sorry, Number two? I've, I've missed the... You've lost it. Hide truth. Po- he posts too much, this guy. That's the Twitter thing for you. Keep talking while I find yeah. it, please. Um, it's only like two days ago. <laughs> Can you do Control F? Will that work? Maybe. Can you just keep talking? No. Okay. Well, it's a bit- <laughs> we like went too lengthy on this particular one about the products and and things like that. Like it's a visual thread. There you go. Does that work? So, can no? you just keep talking until I get up? Yeah, I am talking. <laughs> narrating what you're doing. Um, it's like with these, always like with these threads and like with these paradoxes and stuff, it's always really interesting to like think about it. Like, I mean, it gets your, your mind like looking at things a little bit different because if you're always stuck in that repetitive, just like doing your work, doing you know, your normal morning routines, doing dinner, spending time with your family, and you're not really like reflecting or looking at new ideas to help improve or look at yourself as a person to see what, I don't know, things you can tweak and things you can do, then yeah, then you get a little bit stuck. So it's always good to whether you're an X person or if you're a threads person, 
just, you know, <laughs> reading. I'm trying to talk there. <laughs> I can't find it. It came out two days ago. Oh, it's one of those ones that have just, like, disappeared. I'm, I'm, com- I'm so confused. Unless he deleted it. Maybe if you Google it, it might come up with, like, the proper link. I know sometimes that can happen. It, potentially. The, X is just going wild right now. I'm have to go on the phone. Right, and have a look. Keep talking, though. <laughs> no, I'm just on his page on on Twitter here. It's yeah. just not showing it in order. It's showing it. It's very bizarre. Maybe like the most popular posts yeah. or something like that. The ones that have like the most engagement. Which is weird. Super weird. Um, yeah, with like that time thing on the weekend, actually, in the previous weekend. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something. No, no, you're good. I'm, I'm ready. So just like taper it out and I'll taper it in. Okay, no, that's all right. Just go straight into it. So num- point number two. No what one wants to hear about. Weekend? I was going to say well, my, my solo date day last weekend and yeah. doing that and just like there was one of the ones where I sort of allowed time not to be such a huge factor um, and sort of just flow with the day and enjoy the day. Um, but it's one of those things where if you give yourself the whole day, you're going to be taking the whole day. Like I didn't get home until like 6.30. So, yeah. Yeah. What it's happens? okay fitting up one or two things to do that day, but when mm-hmm. you have a bunch, you have to space it out like that. Oh, 100%. And just say, you know, if I'm going to get, achieve all of this stuff today, I need to be strict with the deadline or the cutoff mm-hmm. for how long each each mm-hmm. thing I'm, I'm allowing. Here we go. I've got it on the big screen, guys. I got there in the end. All right. Number two paradox, the advice paradox. Taking more advice can leave you less prepared. Ooh. So most advice sucks. It's well-intentioned, of course. That's why people give them to give it to you. Mm-hmm. But it's dangerous to use someone else's map of reality to navigate yours. Winners develop filters and selective selectively implement advice. They take the signal and skip the noise. Can I just say and interrupt you for a moment? Not like as a not as a bad thing, but you have gotten so much better at filtering out the advice that you're listening and watching. Because you're one of those people that absorb so much information, right? This person says this thing. This person says this thing, whether it's to do with like branding or social media or things like that. And you're like, oh, but what this person says makes sense. And oh, what this person makes sense. I just don't know which path to follow. You become a lot better at just being like trusting your gut and just being like, this is what I'm doing. By doing less. Less? Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> like, yeah. what I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I am quite easily influenced. Inspired. Influenced, inspired. I wouldn't say like led necessarily because I, I tend to jump ship after a little while and, and try and I, I jump on board for a little bit, get the info that I need, then jump overboard and then yeah. swim to the next. 100%. You, you learn it and then you analyze it to see if it's going to work for you, but like you'll dive into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to either trust this or not trust this. But yeah, there's usually that moment of like when you've heard, heard those two conflicting like paths, you're like, I don't know. Well, it's just about compartmentalizing what advice, mm-hmm. like where it's coming from, like what, not in terms of like who, but like what part of them is giving you advice, like why they're giving you advice. Mm-hmm. Like this, says, this here says it's well-intentioned but dangerous to use someone else's map of reality to navigate yours. So like what is advice? If someone was to say, I have some advice to make your podcast better. Yeah. Well- what's, what's their advice going to be? Is it going to be- Here's things that have worked for me and things that could can work can work for you. Mm-hmm. Or here's what literally every single person has ever done and you aren't doing that, so you should be doing that. So it's like where is it coming from? Is it coming from a place of experience? Learned experience, yeah. 
but then it's only that's what I'm saying. So the person it's coming from, mm-hmm. it's only coming from their experience, unless they're some coach that has hundreds of thousands of examples mm-hmm. or um, c- like case studies of why it's worked in the past. If that makes sense, yeah. then it's objectively good advice because it's not hasn't just worked for one channel or one. Yeah. Business or one brand or something like that. It's almost like there's the emotional side of advice, which is one person's solo learned experience due to the path they've taken. And then there's the, not the scientific advice, but like the one that has multiple facts, multiple data to sort of backing it up. So you got like one person's learned experience and they're the guide. They're the ones to be like, like you said, this worked for me. I've seen how it it may help you and this is what I did, so this is therefore my advice. Yeah, so like for example, like the Mr. Beast thing, right? People are saying if you want to be like him, do what he's doing because it works for him, that's bad advice because you're not him. You you can't do exactly what he does. Yeah, difference between data and advice. I like the way you broke that down. Yeah. Because you can look at his videos, for example, he has um, whatever formula it is in the first 30 seconds, 60 seconds, mm-hmm. having subtitles, having certain number of scene or uh, camera angle changes per second. Mm-hmm. You can't just replicate that and expect the same result. Exactly. It's, it's data of what worked, mm-hmm. but it's not. I mean, it, it can be taken advice, but I think the main thing with this is take it and leave it. Take what you can, mm-hmm. take what makes sense and leave the rest. Yeah. And that sometimes can be hard knowing what parts aren't suitable for you and your race and which parts to leave behind in that case. Yeah. Because it can feel like if this person's saying this chunk of advice and a hundred percent of what they're saying worked for them, is it's being able to decipher which is which fifty percent is good, which fifty percent is just useless to me because um uh, I'm a different personality type. I live in a different location. I have a different niche. My friend set's different. Like there's but so it's many- very easy to take on all all 100%. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being able to chop and change about what what is worth keeping, what is worth throwing out. 100%. So advice paradox. Yeah. Very, yeah. very important. Cherry pick what you want, what you need. Number three, the wisdom paradox. The more you learn, the less you know. More knowledge creates more exposure to the immense unknown. Ooh. Life is empowering, not frightening. Embrace lifelong change. Embrace lifelong learning. I I see where this is coming from. Like it's the whole overwhelmed from like knowledge and overwhelmed from like information that you don't know what to do. But I I don't think I have this or have gotten this because I don't absorb enough to be overwhelmed. If anything, I'm underwhelmed. Like I need you just whelmed. Sorry, that was like a clue. I had like a flashback to like a clueless thing just then. Um, you're just looking at me very blankly. <laughs> um, but with the yeah, with the wisdom paradox, like I still feel like I don't have enough knowledge. So yeah, I don't feel this one. Do you get? Do you feel this one at all? Like you've just have like too much info that it's you basically don't know. The, with every new bit of information you take in, how many new questions arise? Yeah. If you have one question, if just imagine you're just some entity floating along, mm-hmm. the only thing in your mind is having you got one thing you need to know about. I don't know what color is the ocean, or what, and then the answer is blue. And so, then if that presents two more questions, mm-hmm. then you have two things, and then that splits into four. It's it's like a a cell dividing almost. 
Gotcha. So the more you start learning, the more you want to learn to like figure it out a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. It's always it's it's like going in the rabbit hole of when someone when you someone has a problem and you're trying to help them, you can just literally ask the word why mm-hmm. a thousand times and you can keep going deeper and deeper. Just like the more you know, the more there is to know. I feel like that's a good thing though. Like keep asking questions, keep being curious. Like I don't understand like why this is a paradox. Well, that's what's a paradox to you? Paradox. Is that is that where like the whole Pandora kind of thing comes from? Like as soon as you open it, it's like never ending. Pa- paradox is like a contradictory type of thing, right? Can you search up the meaning of paradox, please? <laughs> you don't know what? Oh, God, we're doing an English no. lesson now. Paradox. Well, I mean, just want to like because it's it's like. A bottomless pit, One, right? such as a person, situation, or action having seemingly contradictory qualities or phrases. So it's it's kind of like a, a, like a myth, basically. Why is it contradictory? Why is it not true? Ah, uh, so it's like it's true but not true. Like it's well, fake it's, but not it's fake. widely yeah. believed to be true, but like here's the reason why it's not true. Gotcha. That's okay. a paradox. Okay. Could be wrong. I mean, you're the live vibe. I'm just. No, I'm the, yeah, I am the live vibe. No, it's fine. Yeah, I get you. Q Q Q Q Q. Next one. So, yeah, I just I just on. don't like the wisdom paradox. Okay, fair enough. Opportunity paradox. Take on less, accomplish more. Success doesn't come from taking on everything that comes your way. It comes from focus, deep focus on the tasks that really matter. Say yes to what matters. Say no to what doesn't. Interesting. We watched the Yes Man last night. We did. Uh, what a paradox. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> your time is an asset to be cherished. <laughs> All right. So, so the, the opportunity paradox. So it's t- take on less, accomplish more. Mm-hmm. So it's about going deeper. Yeah, I can sort of see that. Like that whole minimalist kind of thing of like taking away the clutter so then you can just really focus and hone in on like. 10,000 hours. Go deep. Yeah. Learn the one thing. Mm-hmm. Don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah. And then, yeah, the whole say yes to what matters, say no to what doesn't. There was the, I think it's like Ryan Holiday or someone like in his realm of things of like when you deciding to say yes or no to things, like just say if it's something that's later on down the track, like if it was in a couple of days time, would you say yes? And then if you wouldn't, that's what you say no to. So it just like depends like, yeah, would you do that like within the next week? If not, then it's something you'd say no to. Or even- would you look back and appreciate it, look back and smile, look back and feel proud for doing it if you looked back in 12 months' time or something? Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. If, if, if you look back and the opportunity is, is kind of meaningless, if if you put yourself in the future, then it's kind of no point doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's being a no man. No man, no man, no man. <laughs> no man. That was a very bizarre movie. You didn't like it? It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's like, it's one of those, like, it's weird seeing Jim Carrey in that, like, overly, like, what's the movement comedy called? Like, where you were always, like. Animated. Yeah, I guess. Well, it's like, it's not slap. It is kind of slapstick because he does his own, you know, trips himself over all the time or runs into things. Kind of like slapsticky. It's it's weird seeing him like that, knowing, like, the the version of him now is very much kind of like. (laughs) The stoic. Yes. Uh. Wise elder up in the mountains. Yeah, 100% that, like, hates, like, media and all that kind of thing. So it's just very much like an opposite version. Yeah, it's just weird seeing that, knowing, like, I guess the kind of, like, personality 
or not the personality is now. It's probably the personality he's always been, but just feel comfortable enough to be able to show it. Yeah. Same as R- like rich, Robin. Rich enough to be able to step away from it. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Not needing it and stuff. And like, same as like, you know, Robin Williams was, you know, you see him on camera and he's like the biggest like light there ever was, but they said off camera, he was quite like chill and sad. <laughs> chill and sad. All right. <laughs> Sound a bit boring. Moving yes. on to the boredom paradox. Okay. <laughs> the most creative, captivating ideas stem directly from periods of intense boredom. This is... Yep. I haven't finished the thing Sorry, yet. go for it. Hey, wait your turn, please. Okay. You're bored. Your mind wanders. Your thoughts mingle. Creative insight strikes. Boredom sparks creativity. Schedule boredom into your weeks. So basically, if you allow yourself to get bored... Mm-hmm. Good things will eventually, or good or creative things will eventually spark mm-hmm. somewhere in your mind. But you have to allow yourself to get bored. You have to step away from the the scrolling on the phone, the mm-hmm. constant visual plethora of entertainment, the tens of thousands of hours you can consume every day. Step away and allow yourself to get bored. Hundred percent. Like totally agree with this. Cause like, yeah, if you wanna be bored, you cannot have anything that can distract you around you, whether it's a TV or things like that. Like a lot of great writers will sit in a room with like nothing around them besides like paper, cigarettes, cigarettes, whatever like helps that creativity, but just like a paper, a pen, or just like a typewriting sort of device, and then just sit in front of it until you feel inspired to write something. Like it's one of those ones where you just need to let your mind wander. And like when I go take Archie for a walk, sometimes I enjoy not having any music or anything like that. And I just let my mind wander and just be, be one with the walk, you know? (laughs) Be a wanderer. Wanderer. Yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that, the boredom one. And again, it's one of those ones, if you have such a busy life, you need to literally schedule in time to be bored. Well, this is how a lot of scientific breakthroughs happened back in the day. The, oh, the, the BP- shower thoughts, the toilet well, that's thoughts. that's basically what it is, yeah, shower thoughts. Or even just like the thoughts right before bed when you're dozing off kind of thing. Yeah. Very important. So embrace boredom. Social well, media, good thing. social media paradox. More connectedness actually means being less connected. Social media has created more connectedness than ever before. A constant dopamine drip. We have more connected. We have more connectedness, but we feel less connected to those around us. Schedule time to disconnect. Feel the connection. So <laughs> connect, connect. <laughs> You're a bit silly today. I am sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one's, it's its true, right? The, the internet has brought everybody together, but also further apart at the same time. Like it's, no, no, no one, oh, well, it hasn't been, It. sorry, let me start again. It's the easiest it's ever been to get in contact with someone. Like you don't have to wait five to 10 business days for a letter to arrive to your home or like a postcard or something like that. You can literally call someone or text someone and you know, if they like you, they'll respond straight away or pick up that phone call. It kind of makes, the, this is what I think anyway, it makes the relationships feel less valuable because they're so easily attainable. So, you know, it's like when you go to the grocery store and there's free samples, mm-hmm. you take for granted everything you get for free. It's just human nature. You get it for free. You're not going to put so much focus and value on it. You're going to take it for granted to a degree. Mm-hmm. So because we can have so many relationships, we're not probably not as obliged to 
just make them amazing as opposed to like in real life ones. It's going to take them for granted if that makes sense. Right. So it's like that old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. What do you mean? So like, you know, this like, so the more away they are, the less you have contact with them, the more you want to. Put effort in, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So like if you haven't seen them or talked to them and stuff for ages, when you do, you value that, you treasure it because it happens so few and far yeah, between. Whereas if they're available 24-7, mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's it's just too much access almost. Yeah, 100%. I just remember being in like year six, year seven and like having a crush on a boy and then you'd have to wait, like you didn't have a mobile phone or anything like that. So you had to like wait till after school and then like wait until like you could call them and then talk to them on the phone for like that small like hour window that you have and then do the same thing the next day. All right, moving on to some other paradoxes. Sorry, I'm not, I'm just like we need to pump through a few more. (laughs) The looking paradox, stop looking in order to find what you're looking for. Ever notice that when you're looking for something, you rarely find it? Maybe a male problem. Stop looking. What you're looking for may just find you. Applies to love, business, happiness, and life. It's always in the last place you look. I hate that saying. Of course it is. It's if you're going to keep looking afterwards. Well, what if you're looking at the person when they're saying it? What? If I looked at you like this, yeah, and you're frantically saying, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Mm-hmm. And then you look at me while I'm talking to you, and mm-hmm. I say, they're in probably in the last place you looked, and you but you're looking at me. Then they must be inside of me. <laughs> no, but if I haven't found them yet, that's not the last place I've looked. But you're currently looking at me. It's the last place you're looking. Yeah, but looked, not looking. But that's what. You, right now, you're looking at me. But a second ago is past tense, right? A second ago, you were looking at me. Right. So. So moral of the story: the, you have my keys. <laughs> Don't sit on keys. So, yeah, basically don't go hunting and relationships is probably the most common thing. Everyone's like, you know, like when you stop looking, it'll just fall in your lap sort of thing or mm-hmm. it'll come to you or it'll make sense when the time's right. And it's, it's I guess you, you kind of have to put faith in the universe or just do things and look after yourself where you're not getting so distracted and you can just do things that are just moving you through life that don't slow you down and allow you allow you to, I guess, feel lonely or get bored and then feel like your only mission is to keep searching and searching and searching. So it's kind of about being busy enough that you so you don't allow yourself to have to go looking. No, That's I, the way I view it. Yeah, I see that because, like, with it, when it comes to something like that, like, it's – you get anxious, you get stressed, like you put so much focus on finding that thing or looking for that thing and then everything else sort of goes to the wayside. Like it's one of those ones of just letting that space, letting it happen, but also, yeah, I guess being open to it as well. But the only way you can do that is by putting far less emphasis on it and Mm -hmm. putting more emphasis on the other things. Yeah. I hear that. You know. Next one then. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the control paradox. Let's go to the very bottom because I'm pretty controlling it. I don't want to read that. How many in total? 20. 20. And we don't have time for all 20. The death paradox. Ooh, doomy. Doomsy? Doomsy. That sounds better. Don't mean, I'll read this one. Okay. So, no. <laughs> I'll say it with the most positive thing. So the death paradox, know your death to truly live your life. Memento Mori is a stoic reminder of the certainty and inescapability of death. 
It is not intended to be morbid, but to clarify, illuminate, and inspire. By accepting our time as finite, we are able to live. So, again, this is like a Ryan Holiday thing. He has that um, memento memori, like, typed, bloody hell, like, tattooed on him, so he always remembers. But it's just about treasuring every last moment you have or there was the living today like it's your last. Like, it's not taking things for granted. It's... Yeah, like it, like just treasuring those moments and not sweating the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yourself? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really have much to add. It's just know your death, live your life. Mm-hmm. Easy to say, but then, again, we're not really confronted with it. We don't have a lot of elderly people in our lives that we've seen them pass or anything Mm-mm. or someone that's gone through a recent health scare of any kind or any of our friends and family. So it's easy in hindsight when everything's going well and you're healthy, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think about death or mm-hmm. I'm not scared of death or what it brings. But until you're confronted with it, it's a whole different story. Like you 100%. hear about people that have a cancer scare or a, a car accident or something and their whole mentality changes after that. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you get to this place of memento mori knowing and reminding yourself every day mm-hmm. when everything's great? Like, if you can do that day in, day out, that's a pretty significant thing, pretty significant virtue to add mm-hmm. to your life as opposed to having to wait until something horrible happens. Yeah. Like I, I, like I said, like, it's not, it's not a, and even it says here, it's not like a bad thing. It's just that reminder to like, yeah, just cherish your moments, think about it, stop and smell the roses, seize the day. Like, it's all these famous sayings all into one. Like, it's. Tried but true. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And we're going to do one, one more here at the very end, the growth paradox. Growth takes a much longer time coming than you think, but then happens much faster than you ever thought possible. Growth happens gradually, then suddenly. The best things in life come from allowing compounding to work its magic. Mm. So just keep grinding. It's going to feel linear, mm-hmm. potentially even a, like a plateau or a flat line for quite a while. And then- yeah. I guess the dams will burst and things will just exponentially grow. Yeah. Well, it's that whole compound thing, right? You can't, like when you're making changes or doing the work in real time, you can't see the fruits of your labor. You can't see down the track or the future. Like you just don't know until you get there and be retrospect and be like, oh, hey, I have been on a journey to get here. I have, you know, went through my trials and tribulations and all that kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, it's... You just can't, like, you can't, even if you can't see it in real time, like you said, it's just do the work, do the grinding. Zoom out. Zoom you out. Zoom out and not focus on the on the day so much. What's the um, Gary V saying I always get wrong? Micro patience, macro time? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it right one day. But, yeah, it's like it's the, you know, do the work now in the short term so then in the long so term. Zoom out and be patient. Hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to zoom all the way out because zooming out means you got to look at things from a five or ten year perspective and not a, a three to six month perspective. Yeah. It's hard to do because so much can change in six or 12 months and it's hard to envision ourselves so far in the future because, like I was saying at the start, you can underestimate and overestimate so easily. Yeah. You can. So you can – I don't know if I'm pretty getting it backwards, but I think you can – I think the common thing is you – overestimate how much you can do in one year and you underestimate what you can do in five. Yes. In saying that, you can just put it backwards as well if mm-hmm. you want to. 
but it's usually the the I guess the common thread here that I'm trying to get to is stuff is never as it seems. It's always going to take longer or shorter. It's, it, it, things are never going to be perfect. And if you're just focused on the growth and trying to chase growth every day, this is something I see in like the reseller community that I'm part of. Is mm-hmm. So many people are focused on just how did I perform today? How did I perform today? Most companies aren't going to be, I mean, you work for a big company. They're not looking at day-to-day stats. Like they matter, mm. but they it's really about the end of the month. I'll be tracking at the end of the month. because yeah. You don't want to track 365 days of 20 KPIs and 20 bits of data. It's impossible mm-hmm. to manage. But if you can break it over 12 pieces of data as mm-hmm. a monthly thing, then it gives you a more realistic pattern of events. But I think it's, the thing is looking at things too much of the microscope in yeah. terms of a daily or an hourly mm-hmm. or a even a weekly uh, target or, or number or goal you're trying to achieve, it, you just need to zoom out more. No, well, because it's a singular day is too small of a snapshot. It's too little of the data to really see what it is that you're doing. Like in a business, right, you might have a good day and a bad day, but as long as you have good practices in place, as long as you have like procedure, as long as you have all these things to set you up for success and as long as you're generally following them, then it's about the week, it's about the month, it's about the quarter, like it's about these smaller steps like yes you know it's like that singular day it's don't stress about that singular day just think about the week as a whole that month as a whole like it's then you have to think about your life as a whole Mm -hmm. it's but you don't have to think about death too much that's the main thing no so it's a big balancing out but there's so many paradoxes we could have went through all 20 uh if you want to read about them yourself there's some uh, infographics and graphics that you can save on your phone or something if you want to. Mm-hmm. That it's Sahil Bloom on Twitter or X. Still says Twitter.com, mm. but it is technically X. I will put it in the show notes. Uh, any final bits of info before we get out of here? So we've, we've got Exchange here. We've already touched on that. And then anything else you want to touch on? What did, what did I have my one? Anything exciting? Uh, Post Malone bought a Magic the Gathering card. I kind of touched on that on my pod. Kind of, it's interesting, but... It's just spending money. It's like a Lord of the Rings card, so it's like the whole trading card thing. Again. Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings. Collab. Collab card. Yeah. Yeah. Don't really know, though, do you? No, no, I'm not too much into that. But (laughs) no, I'm like Magic the Gathering, but I get the idea of like collecting, because we've touched touched on it before where people like our age or younger people are buying these art pieces, whether you want to think of it as an art piece or whatever it is, like it's something that they're a fan of. And you hold on to it because it's going to go up in value eventually later on down the track. Like it's Hopefully. investments. Investments. Investment? Well, it's the best thing in the entire deck. Deck or mm-hmm. history of the cards. I know like Rick Glassman's like big into the trading card thing too. It's like slightly less wealthy though. Yes, <laughs> slightly less wealthy than Post Malone. All right, we won't be less wealthy. I mean, we probably will be less wealthy next week. Yeah, we've got a few things to buy. We've got a few things to <laughs> just waste our emergency fund on. Thank you guys yes. for listening. <laughs> Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. That is Look Mum, I'm Hustling. If you've gotten this mm-hmm. far, appreciate you. 55 yeah. minutes into the app. They're the kind of people we love. So drop a comment below, mm-hmm. leave a like. Also, you can rate and review the podcast and episodes on Spotify and Apple. And we'll be back next week for episode 79. Ooh, getting there, getting up. Thanks, Bye. everybody. I know. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>